Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to hey. The Yellcast. We thought the Christmas thing was so great, we wanted to give you another Christmas special. Christmas squared. Let's do it again. So here we go. Erica, where can people like, like us and share and find and all that stuff? Oh, they can do that on Instagram, on okay. the Facebook, okay. at the Yellcast. I love the Facebook. Find us. Share us. We would love to hear from you. Subscribe. Yes, please. Email us. Download. All kinds of things. All the things. Interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. For sure. So yeah, we, this is part two. We really enjoyed part one. If you have not listened to part one, please go and listen to part one of Christmas. We just kind of talked with James, our sound engineer, about just Christmas. Random things. It was great things. So go and listen to that. This week, I thought it would be... That one had almost no purpose. It didn't. It was just fun. This one is actually somewhat purposeful. Yeah, that one was just... um, (laughs) It was like another conversation with Chris and Erica. Like, it was just fun. Which which who Um, doesn't want those? I I want them. Yeah, totally. All the time. Yeah. So this week, we are focusing on the myths of Christmas. So you might think, they're myths? What? No. It's all how it actually is done. There was a Christmas tree in the manger oh, when gosh. Jesus was born. Um, that That's not true, obviously. But <laughs> I know when I learned about some of these myths, I was a little surprised. I didn't know that those were those things. I learned that, oh, I don't need to be as offended as a Christian with some of the things because they're actually not offensive. We just, so we're going to we, talk about those. We just lost listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's good. But yeah, so we're going to talk about a few of those things. The first one we're going to talk about, Christopher. Yes. Why on every single nativity scene are the wise men there when I hear they weren't actually there at the birth? Is that, is that true? Yeah. So great question, Erica. Thanks for asking it. <laughs> Good times. Okay. So what I'm about to say, pretty much all that we're going to talk about, none of this can be proven at all. Okay. So... And let me explain why. The, the the Magi coming, for example. First of all, wise men is one way to say it. Magi would probably, that's what they're called in the scripture. Though Magi just means kingly people. So they clearly can read, write. They're astronomers. They're looking up at the sky. And at some Got point. Got some money, probably. Uh, a lot. Yeah. And either they work for a king or they are kings. That's okay. another possibility. And they are individuals who understand stars they look at stars they see things they're able to process information and they saw some constellation scenario in the sky that made them say something crazy is happening we need to go what's amazing is all throughout the rest of the ancient world that same sign was seen so caesar augustus who is julius caesar's adopted son who is now caesar he actually said that that is the star of my father taking his position amongst oh, the gods. Okay. So there is, there's a lot of documentation out there that this thing happened, this star configuration of whatever sort. And there's a ton of debate about what actually happened and how. But anyway, they, they then saw the star and they moved toward what they read the stars to say. Mm-hmm. It's unclear because Luke says the star actually like hovered over where Jesus, where Jesus yeah. was. No one really knows what that means because 
this isn't like a fairy floating around, like hanging right above a building sort of thing, you know, like, <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, that was my Mickey Mouse voice from. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that. It was just that they read the stars and as they moved east or west, they would have moved west. They were from the east. So they would have been like Babylon. Okay. And one of the discussions that many scholars have had is why do they know what they're looking for? Yeah. Which might suggest that maybe guys like Daniel had a bigger impact on the mm. Babylonian kingdom than people realize. You know what I'm saying? They might be looking for something and they, they know what's happening. So they grab their stuff and they go. So they would have traveled then a couple of months to get there. So most scholars believe they're not even there till Jesus is six months old, a year old, maybe even two years old. And part of that's because Herod says, mm-hmm. uh, where's the baby? And they don't go back the way they were supposed to go. So it's possible they got to Bethlehem, warned them something kind of weird's going on with that king. Is he totally unhinged? Is, say, is, is he your friend? Yeah. Is he, is he, is he do you pro- know him? Does he have problems? Because he told us to like let him know where you are. And then Joseph has the dream. That could be a, Egypt, that could be a right? three month, six month old Jesus. And then at that point, they don't go home the way they do. And the reason why this matters is then Herod slaughters all the two year olds and under in Bethlehem. Bethlehem's not a huge town. So there probably wouldn't have been that many babies uh, to do this to. So everyone's like talking about a mass genocide. No, I mean, if Bethlehem is a town of 1,500 people, you might have a couple of babies. That's still tragic. It still is tragic. I, yeah. I'm not saying it's not tragic, but there might not have been no two-year-olds there. You know, the soldiers might have gotten there and been like, They're oh, gone. no one's here. They're gone. Because Joseph and Mary left in the middle of the night and went down to Egypt, which a lot of people think that they actually were able to finance the trip to Egypt because of what the Magi gave them. Oh, okay. So the gold, frankincense, and myrrh allows them to do this. So- Jesus probably wasn't, the star appeared when he was born. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, so then you, they see it, it takes them. If you see it, you start to move. To it's not, you know, Chicago to Atlanta. You know, you don't just drive up through the night and mm-hmm. get there. Uh, you know, a few hundred miles is a few days journey, at least, if not a couple months. And plus they had to get their stuff ready, they, you know, their whatever, their convoy. Uh, so who knows how long it would have taken? Some say as long as 18 months to get there. Uh, who knows? Well, and as you said, convoy, we always assume that there were three. Why? Because there are three gifts. That is exactly why, and because of the stupid song. We Three Kings? We Three Kings of Orient Come. Yeah. I shouldn't say stupid. That's a great song. Everyone loves it. <laughs> but <laughs> because of that, and because there's three gifts, everyone assumes there's three. There's we three. have no idea how many there are. Okay. Could be five, could be 20. But most likely, yes, they would have come with a, a convoy. Like, they're not traveling. Man. They're wealthy yeah. people. They're not going by themselves. No. They had servants. So they have a group, basically. Yep. They have camels. Think of Prince Ali. You know what I'm saying? Like there's Ali Ababa. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so yeah, I mean Will Smith's there and everybody and he's else. On an elephant. Yeah, and... Will Smith, Robin Williams, because they're both there because it's ancient oh, times. Oh yes. And that... You can have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. No, it. Yeah, it, it would have been a massive caravan. They need food. You know, you don't. I think today we just think that fast food. Go get it. It's ex- no. You pack all of your food <laughs> yeah. on a camel and then you go. So they gave the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's no telling how much of that they gave. There's no telling how many people gave that. You know, you could have had five kings give gold and three give frankincense and four give myrrh, and each of them give their own version. Or it could have been just three that gave that, or it could have been two that give three gifts. Yeah. We don't know the number. We know it's at least more than one. It has to be. Men, right? Well, the word magi. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Yeah. we know that. So more than one, less than I don't know how many. <laughs> and anything beyond that is just putting things in the text that don't need to be there. Yeah. And part of where we're going to go with a lot of these questions is what, what ironically happens with tradition and, and some of these things. We build constructs 
And then what people do, and this is why we're doing this for the Yamcast specifically, because young adults and college students, when you have an idea in your head and it's built on this massive foundation or framework, mm-hmm. you know, this is why Christmas is important because the Magi brought gifts on Christmas Day. And that's why we bring gifts. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What happens is we build this massive construct for something like a holiday. And then if one little stick crumbles out of that, we're like, the whole thing's a sham. The truth is, most of this is 2,000 years of just random traditions that have been built up. Most of us know, at least those of us in, you know, the, in not even decent scholarship, because I wouldn't call myself a scholar, but I, I read scholars, and I go, almost every one of us knows that that's not how this went down, mm-hmm. and we're okay with it, so I don't know why you're freaking out about this. Because mm-hmm. I've had students come back from college that are just like, I cannot believe you did, you lied to me. I'm like, What? We, there were never three kings. We don't know how many there were. I'm like, you never asked that question. I never, yeah, I never, I never just told you that. Did I give you a lesson where it was but, like, here's yeah. the three kings? They're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, then you're putting words in my mouth that never existed. Yeah. But Preachy. Sorry, I'm going to get preachy. But it is hard. It is hard <laughs> when you, yeah, you, you do kind of feel like you've been lied to Correct. or you feel like those things. But also, it is just tradition. Traditions don't always have to be true or no. whatever. It's just... We a lot of times do them because it feels right and feels good. Right. So we keep doing them that way. Right. So I know some people who take their wise men and put them in a different room. That's sweet. Do what you want to do. I Mine are just a little farther away from the manger. Right. They're not like right there giving the gift to baby Jesus. Okay. But, yeah, I, See, I'm if a you little gonna, mindful of that. If but. we were going to do this right, you would have wise men in your house starting from the end of your house like in March. And they just... That actually is cool. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. December, by the time December, you, so December hits and you don't actually put them up anywhere until like February or March because they had to get the stuff ready to go. And then from March on, your tradition in your family is that they are marching. Marching in March. To get. Yes. And then as they get close to where Jesus is, then you put them, you know, you hide them somewhere because they wouldn't have gotten there the day he got, you know, born. And then you start all over again. I don't know. Uh, well, or the day he's born, they... Start going. Yeah. Or you have a teen, and then, teenage Jesus statue <laughs> somewhere else and they show up and give him. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. It's not teenage. We know that. Definitely a toddler. Otherwise. Under Her- two. Otherwise, Herod would have killed everybody 15 years old yeah. and younger. But he didn't do that. Because that's why, yeah, I often was like, oh, he has to be probably, you know, a year or two because of that. Right. But it could even be six months or it could be. Correct. Yeah. Most have assumed six months to 18 months only because if Herod was smart, he wouldn't have killed if it was possibly two years, he probably would have done everybody three years. Three and years under. and younger. So the fact that we're talking two years and under means that Herod's given him at least himself a six-month window. Mm-hmm. What's also amazing, and this is totally separate from this, but kind of related, so I'll bring it up really quick. Uh, you know, we're going to Israel in January. Our churches in twenty twenty-two. Did what did I say? You just said January, which twenty twenty-two. Probably everybody was like, "What?" They're like, "That's not possible. You can't do that. It's COVID." <laughs> uh, no, we planned it in twenty twenty-two, thinking that COVID would be done by then. Lord, please, please. please make it be. But we, at one point, we're going to stand at on the hill of Herodium, which is actually the tomb of Herod the Great. That's where he ended up being buried. And when you're standing in Herodium, you can see Jerusalem off in the distance, and you can see Bethlehem between Herodium and Jerusalem. He hung out in Herodium a lot. And so one of the questions that we're going to throw out is, did he actually see the stars do their thing that night? Mm, okay. Did he, did he hear angels freaking out did he hear shepherds running it's it's all possible i mean mm-hmm. we're, we're talking a couple miles away so he he could have been up that night staring out being anxious about and his sees, kingdom it happened he, there's some parts of it that could have been seen i mean yeah. I, I think the angels probably would have hidden themselves from him 
But the rest of it, I mean, he could have very easily been like, what's the commotion down there? And they're like, I don't know, something's going on. And then a couple months later, he's in Jerusalem. These magi show up and they're like, where's the king? He's like, is that what happened? And now he has a bit of a time frame. So he's like, two years and under is what we're going to aim for. They'll make sure that we wipe it out. So anyway, that's way nerdier than people want. But the wise men. But I'm throwing it out there. Yep. Yep. So another myth that I think most people know that this isn't true of the actual date of Jesus being born. Like he is not born on December 25th. For any of you that didn't know that, I apologize for dream crusher. But, but I think what's it? Because I think we all know that that's you know like that's not the date. If you're if you didn't know that, we'll talk a little bit about it. Sorry, but even more so, I want us to talk about why is that the date that is chosen for us to. So first, if you want to go into a little bit of why we know it's not the twenty fifth, but also yeah, um, why yeah why did why December twenty fifth? So every bit of this is speculative. Like okay. extremely speculative. So even when we say myth, I love that. And like the first part, the myth is that we don't know how many magi and we don't know how long it would have taken them to get there. But the magi definitely came. So yes, that's, that's there not were, a myth. Yes, yes. So in this case, the myth surrounding Christmas Eve and Christmas Day has grounding in various different places. So let me start with why we do December 25th. Okay. One of the things that the ancient world celebrates in almost every religion is the sun. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about most religions in the ancient world, uh, they either named celestial bodies like planets. You know, Zeus was compared to Jupiter or stuff like that. Uh, There's a part there that just says, okay, great celestial bodies have some type of godlike quality to them. That's what they would have said. So the sun is the great mystery. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's the what is that thing? Keeps on coming every day. Every day it shows up. Right. So then you have people that are like, it's a chariot riding across the sky. Right. That was one of the ancient things. Or, you know, the Egyptians worshipped the sun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, it was just their thing. And they're in the desert. So, of course, they worship the sun. <laughs> it's hot. And they're close to the equator. So the actual days don't change very much no. for the equator people. Everybody else, though, it's like us in the north. Yes. I don't know if you've noticed, Erica. Golly. The days are getting shorter. It's 4.30 and you're like, is it time to go to bed? It's ridiculous. Like we like, started- do I still want to do something? Do I still need to run an errand? Do I do that at 4.30? Yes, you do that at 4.30. We started recording this at four o'clock our time and Erica pulled in the parking lot from work and the sun was still barely in the sky. Yeah, and, I mean- And we are going to walk out at 5, 5.30 and it will be pitch black because awesome. So because awesome. <laughs> if you want to look at it this way, if you really believe that the sun is a god- and every winter, the sun gets smaller and smaller, and it disappears for longer in the day. And then every summer, it's almost like all the time there. The further north you go or the further south you go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those two things on either side of the equator, because the earth kind of tilts back and forth, your days get longer and shorter. Well, so if you're celebrating the sun as a god, and the sun is oh. totally available in the summertime, and you start calling it a summer solstice, you know, and you start celebrating the fact that the sun is fully alive and yeah. it's it's warm outside and everybody loves it and the plants are growing and all that kind of stuff. So celebrating the sun in the summertime, there's all these festivals that start popping up in the summertime. Like it's the birth of the sun. Everything's great. 
then the equinoxes in the middle are kind of like, the, we know this is the change of the season. So moving to spring and moving to fall, there's something weird going on. And then you also have these, some of these mathematical things that are starting to happen and scientific things that are w- weird. People are noticing, you know, things spin certain ways, compasses, that kind of stuff, you know, stars change seasons. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you're an ancient person and you're looking up and you're like, I totally understand that this means something, but I don't know what it means. You start creating your own myth about it, right? Your own thing. And so the death of the sun is a very popular ancient tradition. December 21st, almost worldwide, was a some type of celebration. And, and it really was a celebration, not so much a mourning. It was more of a celebration because they knew that eventually the sun would come back to life. There was sort of this reincarnation concept. So December 21st, they would just mourn the loss of the sun, so to speak, but mm. celebrate its return. And then they had these holidays afterward that would be celebrated. So one of them was Saturnalia or Saturnalia. So it was a Roman holiday that celebrated the rebirth of the sun, and it always happened right around December 25th. Okay. So when the Romans take over the church, and, and that sounds more like, it sounds more domineering than I mean it to, the, the church did an awesome job of spreading in the Roman Empire to, to the extent that the Romans were like, why are we fighting this? Let's just let it be. And so they actually became Christian, so to speak, which is a huge debate. That's a whole other podcast. But basically, sometime. they just let it, yeah. They, well, even emperors started saying, "This is the new state religion. You need to. If you're a Christian, we'll give you tax breaks. If you're a Christian, we'll do this for wow. you." And so then it became like, "Well, why am I not a Christian?" And so the whole empire started saying, "We're Christian nations." So, but nobody was really necessarily living for it, and a lot of the emperors weren't either. Uh, I shouldn't say nobody. You, you know what I'm yes, saying? But I'm yeah, just saying, no. like, if the grand scheme of things, if like you're getting tax deals out of the deal, you're like, "Well, of well, course, why I'm, not? A, I'm a Christian." Uh, you don't have to serve in the military if you're a Christian. Like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> like, yeah. like this, those are the things that are happening. Well, right when the, that transition happens, a lot of the church leaders were going, these holidays that you all worship and celebrate are pretty messed up. And we don't believe that anymore. You've said so. You're a Christian. So now that you're a Christian, let's take some of these holidays that you're worshiping in this way and let's make them something else. Well, what other holiday besides the rebirth of the sun? S-U-N. Correct but then tie that to the S-O-N. S-O-N. Dun, dun, dun. You got like a holiday just waiting for you there. So the celebration of the birth of Jesus just lined up perfectly with December 25th. And that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why we do it on that date. Now you said that we almost are positive that's not the date. There are some scholars out there that still believe December 25th probably is close to the date. Okay. They think it would be cool to say that Jesus was born on a day that the sun was being celebrated in that way. And that's possible. But if you... Run down that road too far, you miss some major details. For example, December 25th is the middle of the rainy season in Israel. It's also cold. So shepherds are not in their fields by night. Mm. So the fact that you have shepherds tending their flocks by night uh, and the fact that the shepherds respond the way they do, most scholars have pointed out that the shepherds are nearby their place that they would put their sheep at night. So there's a chance, it seems most likely that they're done roaming, which is mostly a summer thing, spring and summer. And they're moving back toward being in their pens. So if that's the case, then we're looking at fall. And then we have these weird passages in Scripture, such as uh, Roman, or, sorry, Revelation 12, that talks about all these constellations in the sky. And those constellations in the sky seem to be suggesting some type of event. And in Revelation 12, it talks about the birth of Jesus. And so a lot of scholars have pointed out that Revelation 12 is the s- source of us figuring out what star it was that pointed the Magi west so as we start digging into that there are only a couple of times in history that all of the stars line up the way that revelation 12 is describing uh and right around the time of the birth of christ 
we have two specific dates, 5 BC and 3 BC. Both of those have different constellation formations, but both of them would say almost the same thing about a king being born. You can find tons of books on this. Uh, if I remember, I'll put them in the show notes, uh, which I probably won't remember. <laughs> so text us and we'll, we'll edit the show notes. But the, the date is right around September 10th to 12th on both of those years. And so there's a, quite a few scholars that have written books on September 11th being the date that Jesus was born. And you're looking at me like, yeah. that's a little weird. There are other oh. people, there are other people writing books now that are going to explain why September 11th, 2001 might have some significance based on all of that. I don't know if I buy into any yeah. of that yet. That sounds a little conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat kind of thing, but it could, could be, right. be interesting just I, to read. I think it'll be fun to read, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the answer for September or sorry, December 25th. So, cause we technically are going to be having the Christmas star, which is December 21st. Yes. Which is the aligning of Saturn, Saturn and Jupiter, Jupiter yep. right? Does that have any? Because that's going to be like a brighter. Yes. So it's not a star, but it, it is a brighter. Jupiter is involved body in, the sky. in both of those equations okay. in Revelation 12. The Saturn discussion is a little bit more out there. The reason why Jupiter matters is Jupiter in the ellipsis. That's the path that it takes, you know, that would be in our sky. There has to be a connection with a couple of different constellations back to Revelation 12. Mm, okay. Jupiter is involved. And at one of those years, Jupiter actually does like a loop-de-loop. If you're following it day by day, so some have said it would have stopped oh, over over something. So the Magi would have been walking and been like, it just stopped. Let's go here. And they would have. Interesting. Which is weird. They still ask for where Bethlehem is. You know what I'm saying? They still ask where the king would be born. Mm-hmm. But then I also think Herod's, a, back to what we said in the first question, Herod's a big wuss because Bethlehem's like five miles away from Jerusalem. He's like, I could just go check it out Go myself. take care of it yourself, yeah. big tubby. He was really fat and died from drowning. Uh, anyway. Fun side note. Yeah, sorry. Um, so another another one is, I mean, well, this kind of goes with the star that we were just talking about. Okay. Can we go, I don't, maybe we don't, maybe this could even, maybe we don't need to belabor this, but... <laughs> When has that so, ever stopped us? So was it? See, I even am wondering. So it was actually a star. No. Well. Or was it? It's a. I would say it's a constellation formation. But it. But it is actual things in the sky that are creating the thing. Yes. Not God being like, bing. One of so one of those dates deals with a comet that appears within the ellipsis, within the constellation Virgo, which is Virgin. Mm-hmm. And the, the planet Jupiter shines really brightly with the comet. Okay. So one of those dates, they all line up right then. And if you're taking Revelation 12 as your guidebook, it's like ding, 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 ding. The other one doesn't have a comet, but Jupiter and, and another star line up and just poof, get really, really bright. Okay. And if you were to take like a, you know, astronomy class and you could run the projections back to those dates, you could find it and go, oh, that's cool. That would be very And it's worth bright, yeah. People do that. I mean there's you can find videos online, go look at it. They're it's, it's pretty cool. Cause I think I always thought this that, is even me realizing in this moment. I think I always thought that it wasn't God using actual things that are out there, but him just being <laughs> like, and here's a star right where I need it. Yeah. Literally in the atmosphere. <laughs> God chose to ruin the gravitational pull of the entire oh, universe. My word. Only for a moment. The things, the things that, the, but I mean, even me in my, you think, know, think about the character of God. Of life. Yeah. The character of God throughout scripture, using what's already in existence yeah. to serve his purposes. That's probably the better way for us to view scripture. 
Agreed. <laughs> Don't view it as I've always seen it Don't say with just that. the little star sitting above the manger. Well, but that goes back to the pictures. Like that's what I we know, do for the nativity, and that's just not probably how it was. But so there, sorry. it is actually using things that are already in the sky to create something that people would notice. Yes. So yes, it's not what I think. It and was. Jupiter was always the king star. Even though we know it's not a star, but in their mind, Jupiter was a bright. Well, it still shines because of the reflection of the sun. It's a big, bright planet, but it's so bright and it's so big compared to the other constellations. And if you're like, it's not that bright, that's because you stare at a screen all day. You don't know what brightness really is. If you're in the the ancient country, yeah, if you're in the ancient world, you have no lights. You look up at the sky, you start to learn that there's patterns, there's things going on. Yeah. And Jupiter was always attached to kingliness of some sort. That's why it was called the king star. That's why Zeus was connected Mm -hmm. with it, you know, so on and so forth. Jupiter's the Roman version of Ju- of Zeus. So, yeah. All right, done being nerdy. Yep. So that's the star. Hopefully, we uh, <laughs> clear as crystal on that one. Who's still listening? <laughs> <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> All right, couple okay. more. Let's go quick. The next one that has to do with also December this is or quick. not December him his birth. Yeah. Is was it actually in a stable with animals? No. Okay. No. So ancient houses had different structures. Uh, usually the second floor was like the living space. So you'd have the living room and things like that. The third floor is typically bedrooms. So we'd see this weird little verse in Exodus where it says, you know, the frogs were jumping into their beds. That verse is significant because it's saying that the frogs were enough that they climbing the ladder getting to the third floor. I think I brought that up in another podcast at some point, but yeah. So that's significant. So you had the animals on the first floor. Living space on the second floor, beds on the top floor. So when you show up and you you go to your hometown, I don't think the inn was like an inn. I think the inn was a relative's house who might have looked at Mary and said, she's knocked up. You guys aren't married yet. That's not cool. There's no room in the inn. Exactly. It might have had more to do with, yeah, we don't need your curse on our house. And so they probably had them sleep downstairs with the, with the animals. So it was either on the first floor. And when we say manger, really all that is is a feeding trough. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Or some of the ancient mangers that exist as well are nearby the house, and they're basically a cave under the ground that's kind of carved out. Uh, it's all rock. And then there would have been like a feeding trough carved into the rock as well. You can see some of these in Bethlehem, like if you go to Israel with us. Uh, you'll, you'll, yeah, 2022. <laughs> you'll be able to see that. But it's the truth is it's not as glamorous as the, the pictures make it. But it was still, I mean, it was a feeding trough yeah. and there were animals. All that's true. Because I think we always, and even watching reenactments or whatever, they go to yeah. the inn yep. and they say, there's no room. Go over there. Right. And it is detached from the house and it is this wood structure right. that they end up giving birth in. Which if you are a, a Western European person, that makes total sense. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. if you're if you're living in if you're living right. in Germany and you're listening to the story, an inn is a place that is a large house that no one lives in, but everyone stays in when they come to town. And the inn is not where you keep your animals, but if you're drawing milk for the morning, you've got a little barn over here. So in their mind they just took all that and yeah. ran. And that's so we're since we're Western European for the most part, that's most a lot of our by. yeah. We run with those stories, and we're like, that's how it was. And our artists tell us it's how it is. Well, your artists were like Western Europeans yes. who were like, in? I know, like in. I know what an inn is. It's like 
Holiday Inn. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a Motel 6. They said they leave the light on for us, but they didn't. So, Mary, we're going to sleep out in the car. Like, none of that <laughs> happened. Like, it's just, yeah. it's way more natural. You're showing up to town. Bethlehem would have been packed with people because the census, the census, you had to go back to where you were. Uh, so, they probably went to a relative's house. The relative's like, dude, this isn't cool. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Joseph's like, no, I had a dream. Everything's fine. And he's like, oh, okay. cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. Cuckoo. There's a cow stable over here. Why don't you go sleep downstairs? Mm-hmm. So that's probably more what it was like. All right. So the last two, if you're still with us. <laughs> so the last two have to do with words that we use to talk about Christmas. Yeah. And one of the ones I always hated was when people would say Xmas. Right. And I was always like, you cannot take Christ out of Christmas. That was always my thing. And then I had somebody inform me <laughs> that that's not the case with an X. I always just thought it was, oh, it's easier to write, shorter. That's why we do it. Um, which for some people, maybe that is why they do it. And actually, I don't think I've seen Xmas in a long time. But really, that's his, that's the, what is it, the Roman symbol? The Greek. The yep. Greek symbol for, I don't even know how, C-R-I-S right. or something, however you say his name. Yeah, so let me let me jump in. So here's the thing. Please. No, you're, you're, <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing great. Xmas is not a thing. It's not a problem. There's no there's no problem Let's with it. Not get offended. The people who started saying, "But the Christ in Christmas." <laughs> That's so true. They don't know Greek and they're uh, I don't want to say they're morons cuz I love you and I'm you so glad know. you're listening. Let's just say you're ignorant, which is similar to being a moron but slightly better cuz you didn't know that you were being a moron. Yes. Yeah. So here's what happens. To spell the name Jesus Christ in Greek the word Jesus would be spelled Iota, Epsilon, Sigma. Which are the letters. Upsilon, yeah. Sigma. So if you looked at it, it would be an I and then a bunch of letters behind it. And then the next word would be Christus or Christus or Christu. And that starts with what would look like an X followed by what looks like an, a P, which is actually an R. And then so on and so forth. I don't need to spell this out, I guess. No one cares about Greek. <laughs> so the the X symbol was a key symbol for the early church, partly because it looks like a cross. And some of the Roman cross actually were in X form as opposed to the T form that we so often see in our in our movies and such and such. Which we don't really know which type of cross Jesus was crucified on. Either one works. It is what it is. They both nail you through do the they ankles. Do. They both nail you through the wrists and they're, you're kind of either in an X formation or a T formation. It's not a very football-ish, but it's not. Uh, X. So the X is an early symbol for Christianity. In fact, uh, you know, the early Christians used a Cairo. So the X with an R attached. It's actually, it's a P it looks like to us. Mm-hmm. Those things became the symbols for Christianity. So when someone says Xmas, that's actually just the shortened symbol for or, Christus yeah. or Christus. So Christmas could be shortened to Xmas. Because of the Greek symbol. Yeah. But you're taking yeah. Christ out. No, it's a symbol. It's the same thing. So I did it for an email one time to like a team of people. I sent out, you know, here's an Xmas party. And I got an email back from someone. Yeah, I put the Christ back in Christmas. And I'm like, can you calm down? And I spelled out the word you know the name of jesus and they're like oh that's cool uh (laughs) i didn't know that i'm like that's fine i'm not mad at you i'm good but just understand i'm not a heathen i'm not giving up on 
Christmas. I'm not. Star- I've not been inundated with I'm, culture. I'm not star. Whatever. I'm not Starbucks taking away everything that you love about Christmas. <laughs> I know. So right. on, so far. Xmas is that. So gotta Greek about something. But but even one more thing that I was going to add to that is the ichthus is a symbol that the word ichthus means fish, and ichthus is actually these letters I, mm-hmm. chi. You I've know, so that. iota, uh, chi, and then. All the way through the whole, I'm, I'm losing my place here with what they are. Uh, they'd be theta, upsilon, and sigma. And so ichthus, but if you put them all together, it actually is Jesus Christ, son of God, would be the, the, the theta and the upsilon and then the sigma at the end mm-hmm. is savior. All those words in Greek, so they started using fish as a symbol for ichthus, which ichthus was actually the name of Jesus. So it, it, this is a very common thing yeah. in the Greek world, but we are American and we know what's right, and you're all a bunch of morons and don't mess with Texas. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> all right, you said one more. Yeah. So the last one is when people want to say Happy Holidays oh. instead of Merry Christmas. Yeah. How dare Which, you? Which, first of all, Happy Holidays I see as just encapsulates all of the holidays. What? So not just Christmas, but also like New Year's and stuff is what I see when somebody Typically. says ho- happy holidays. Like it's talking about all of those things. Yep. But also happy holidays, like ho- holy day. Yes. Like when we are saying happy holidays, we're technically still having reverence where well, we should be having reverence for it being a holy day. So, cause I know that's another thing people would be like, it's not happy holidays. It's Merry Christmas. Like, but if you actually knew that holiday is talking about a holy right. day, then it is still having reverence for that day. It's actually right. technically not encapsulating all of those holidays. It's really just supposed to be talking about holy days. So correct, yeah. So that's another one that and, and people get all get worked up because they're like, "Are you talking like Kwanzaa? Are you talking about like Hanukkah? Are you talking?" They just start. I'm like, <laughs> you're so confused. We celebrate. Two holidays within a week. I know. So if I wrote you a card and said, happy holidays, it doesn't mean I've denied the, the existence and the birth of our Savior. Like, mm-hmm. chill. Yeah. But welcome to America 2020. But a lot of it is just us better understanding yes. these things. And it does go against the some of the traditions, obviously, that we've yeah. been raised up with. Or you hear other people talk about it and you're like, oh, that totally does make sense. They're taking Christ out of Christmas or they're right. And it's in the, and so then you hear that and you're like, that makes sense. But if you actually know all of the history behind it, right. it doesn't actually make sense right. anymore. So a lot of us just need to chill, chill, but also like ask questions about that stuff. Read. Like, why is it yeah. Xmas? It's not because we're being anti-Christ. Like we're not right. talking about that. So Right. Yeah, anyways. No, you're, you're I, yeah. I'd say, preach it, girl. Like, go for it. That's good stuff. Because the truth is, that's that's our problem, is we get all up in arms about X, Y, and Z, and we haven't even really thought it through. Now, I will say really quickly, some of the things that I would be nervous about is if, for example, your city said you can't have a nativity scene. That's worth fighting for. Yeah. Like, that's a dumb rule. And push back on it. That is actually taking the Christ out of Christmas. Like if, if, Literally. If, yeah, if they're telling you, like, you can't worship on Christmas Eve that's a problem. Like you can think through, mm-hmm. man, that's not, a, I'm not a, allowed. I don't agree with that. I'm going to do my thing. I love Jesus and I'm not afraid of things. Like I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. That's okay. Like, that's great. 
if you're going to put up an activity scene and you're, you know, they send you a cease and desist order and they slap a $500 fine on you, uh, fight that. That's mm-hmm. good. Now, if, if Starbucks, who's not a Christian organization, doesn't put the word Christmas on a mug. <laughs> I mean, come on. Then just don't buy a mug or chill because it's a snowflake. <laughs> Instead of, or just, just having the colors yeah. rather than words. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into, the, you know, Santa and all the problems with that, but that'll be another. That's next year. <laughs> next year, our two-parter. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, well, that's all I have for myths. So if you actually out there think of any that you're like, I don't understand this or I have questions about this, please reach out. We'd love to know what those are. If you want to do it privately, you can do that. But also you can just let us know and we can dissect those another time because we would love to be helpful in that way. Because I know there's lots of traditions that we use around this time that don't quite seem to make sense or uh, kind of go against maybe certain things. So, yeah, yeah, just let us know on the socials. Have a good Christmas. (laughs) 